0: Lockwood & Co, Marder, and Shin-Chan, me, and the Professor on
1: summer vacation. This is staying in. Now, I never want anyone to say that this podcast does not deliver on its promises. Okay. Okay? Were people saying that? I, I say it. <laughs>
2: and that is all that matters.
1: So therefore, we we begin with, please tell us about axe-throwing, Pete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, so I listened to the last uh, episode, and uh, I did think to myself, "Oh, I, I I feel like a. Maybe this is just showing a little bit of uh, my personality, but I felt like I came across as some
1: sort of woodland hero. But you, you do have a, you do have a bit of a penchant for the, for the. Um, how best shall I describe these particular pursuits? You do have a penchant for for hmm. outdoor gruff. Pursuits. I remember once we came we came round to yours, and you'd planned a whole day out for us all. Yeah, and uh, it involved um, buggy driving. Yeah. or quad bikes. Yeah, archery. Yeah, and paintball. Yeah, yeah. And now you've done axe throwing. And now I've done axe throwing. Yeah. Well,
0: I. What can I say? Um, when when people think Peter Willington, they think rugged.
2: They think that they would think of that film Robert Eggers, The Northman. Probably.
0: They certainly wouldn't think soft cheese or, um, (laughs) I don't know, the phrase bougie or something like that. They wouldn't think those things, would they? They'd think, oh, there's a man. There's a man who can make a bivouac. But couldn't spell it. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So I did axe throwing, which um, somebody was telling me, it might have been one of you lot, uh, was telling me that it's become the new escape room. Mm, I, think, I,
1: th- I think it's become the new ping pong table, probably. Tough to get around rally.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what I mean by that is
1: all around
0: major metropolitan areas of the UK, there seem to be things that happen in like waves. And one of them was escape rooms. Like, yeah. It was like, oh, to begin with, people were like, oh, have you done an escape room yet? Oh, no, I've never done one of them. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, there's one that's just served by me. Oh, how exciting. But now it seems to be axe-throwing, right? So now that's the event. The the, the thing that hmm. people do, you know, on work evenings, apparently, or the big one is stag-dos, obviously, is going axe-throwing. And what this is... Well, I mean, I, do I have to describe it? It's throwing axes, basically.
1: I feel like you need to in some... There needs to be some sort of qualifier, because sure. otherwise it sounds... It sounds very hedonistic. bonkers, doesn't it? So obviously you're throwing yeah. an axe. Sure. So uh, what I want, to, what I want to know is two things. Yeah, what's the like onboarding, like what's the tutorializing and the training that goes into that, and then what's the, is the actual activity? Is it just can you do it, or is there like a, 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 a framework to the activity itself?
0: Yeah, so. So there is a framework to the activity uh, and that is because of the health and safety onboarding that they do. Uh, So essentially what happens is you turn up on the day and they say, right, first of all, can you scan in and accept these terms and conditions?
2: Like a proper Viking.
0: So you get your QR code scanner out and it, and you scan in and they say oh just 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 make sure you scan in like like people did around covid all that sort of stuff you scan in and they says oh just hit the accept button and you go hold on a second and you read the you read it is like <laughs> that's no that's liability that's dangerous death <laughs>
1: injury right. yeah injury loss of limbs blah blah
0: blah anyway accept right so then they go all right come on in uh, and because that's all very serious and then there's a bit where they get you all hyped up and stuff of they're like oh, who's ready for axe throwing yeah and obviously because you know you're oh. british you feel a bit awkward and everybody goes ah, ah yes oh let's do this and then they, they, they except
1: take- one person who's frighteningly yeah. up for it basically well, like a berserker <laughs> yeah they got the yeah. war paint they're completely
0: bare-chested <laughs>
1: Bring me to the gates of
2: Valhalla.
0: From my experience, those people are not very good at it. I will say that. So, um, so um, it, from it's,
1: my experience, from my experience, so far, one evening, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: My experience so far has shown me that it's always the quiet ones who are surprisingly good at throwing axes. Um, so, anyway, you go in, and they divide you up into teams. Um, and then <laughs> and you throw axes at each other. Yeah, and then you've got a, a, <laughs> a you've got a, a target that you have to hit, like in an archery range or a shooting range or something along those lines. Okay, um, it's made of wood, and the idea is just it's to throw a throwing axe into the into the wood, um, and to get it into a centre to the target as possible. And you get a certain number of, in this place. You have got a certain number of points for hitting the bullseye, and you know, outwards from there. To be fair, it's all done in a sort of like it feels safer than maybe it should be, um, kind of a way. But the thing, the thing that really gets me with it, with all of these things, is it's so very obviously built for stag dues right? So, the the so I went on a work thing, and and the company I work for is very very nice, and everybody's very very nice to one another. It's a really nice place to work. Um, but what what that means is because there isn't that hyper competition and there isn't that like extreme masculinity of a, a stag do of a laddie stag do the, mm. the the way that the event is presented is uh, falls a little bit flat so you know how like you know you might have um you know let's say for example you're performing on a live stage you're trying to you're trying to gauge the audience right to some degree like like well, what are they going for here or how are they reacting you know you go out on stage each night and each time you know somebody People, You'd figure out what people were laughing to and you'd kind of lean into what those jokes were. Um, well, with this one, obviously, because it's built for stag doos, there was a little bit of slightly leery, laddish language. And there was just like te- like us sat there, very sensitive games developers, sort of going like, we don't really, <laughs> we don't really, this isn't <laughs> the kind of language that we, we often hear or use. So it's like, who's ready to get pumped? And it's just like, like, people would put their hands up, and just like, I'm ready. It was great. I wouldn't mind getting pumped. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, for example, a good example, and it was all very good natured, I will say that. Um, but um, a, a good example of this would be, as well as the target, to the top left and to the top right of the target were these little red spots. And if you were able to throw the axe into one of the little red spots outside of the target you would get bonus points right fine a fine mechanic uh what they referred to what but they had described this target as the nipple oh and obviously i'm sure that gets a lot of laughs with half cut lads you know down from Hmm. torquay or wherever it is but with a bunch of very sort of nice pleasant Slightly shy uh, uh, um, uh, people. It's um, repressed. It's some sure. It 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 falls somewhat flat, basically, um, but it's fun. And um, I hit the board. We saw. Yeah, I don't want to say I was, you know, a natural savant. But uh,
2: those words were used,
0: though,
1: Pete. Those words were used. <laughs> At one point someone said, The scrolls are coming true. The prophecy. He's, he has arrived.
0: Um so I was alright, eh? I was sort of like middle of the pack. And I did think to myself, the the thing I always think to myself with all of these things, and it's a very cruel joke. So I, I, I don't know whether or not I should say it, but I'm going to. It's a very cruel joke. But the thing I always the thing I always do because I'm a real jerk is that I always find the person that I'm with. Uh, as part of the group whenever I'm in that kind of a situation I always turn to somebody who's in that group with me and I always I sort of say under my breath like God can you imagine having a career like this this must be amazing like can you can you imagine imagine being an ax thrower like what, what that must be like, ooh <laughs> like oh top top of the oh, I always wanted to be an ax thrower like I bet you or like saying like oh I bet you must have loads of fun here I bet you must love your job like It must be really tedious. Or maybe it's brilliant and there's like loads of people who are like way into axe throwing and like this is like their dream job. But
1: like, can you imagine having that as a job? That must be weird, right? Good, good icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the application process is like? Do you think it's like hit the nipple? Perfect. Perfect. What would you call this small red area?
0: Hmm.
2: (laughs) HR says that we shouldn't call it.
1: (laughs) You know, I, what I love I think what I love about about this mm. is that there's a certain percentage of especially um um Britain who says you're not allowed to do anything anymore, are you? <laughs> you know, the PC police, you're not yeah. all, you're not allowed to have any fun you, these days. No. All these all these EU bureaucrats. Literally now we're able to go into you're able to go into a building and throw axes at each other.
0: While drunk, to be clear, while while drunk, drunk, and also having eaten a very greasy pizza. So the axe the axe handle isn't even particularly (laughs) safe in one's
1: hands. Like it's it's yeah, it's and and like we were allowed to climb up 30-foot trees. unaccompanied unaccompanied, unsupervised
0: untethered the the barest of safety training like the barest (laughs) minimum
1: like i i still remember when we did go ape there was one brief second where i was just like i'm not tethered to anything right now (laughs) Is health and safety
0: gone mad it's like no it's not no. It's not at all. In, in <laughs> fact, I would argue maybe health and safety has not gone mad enough if you're giving me a three pints some pizza and an axe and going off you pop. Hit the, the nipple. nipple. Job done. <laughs> if I'm coughing, by the way, it's because I've been ill. All right, okay.
1: Well that was the other subject we,
0: we were that, we have to cover. We have to cover. I was ill. And um, I'm sort of. I, I wish we were a podcast that did sound effects because then you could do like an, uh, an auditorium, like
1: oh, kind, oh.
0: kind of thing. Um, yeah, I've been ill. I, I got um, COVID for the second time.
2: Oh, uh, the sequel. One more, we get to keep the match ball.
0: <laughs> and let me tell you, much like most video games, the sequel was a lot better than the original. But I still wouldn't recommend it. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not great. Uh, it's still it is still not a lot of fun at all to have it. Um, And, um, and that wiped me out for a week. Uh, That was, uh, which was just after the axe throwing to be perfectly honest with you. So, but what it did let me do is I actually got to play some video games. You know how I was kind of at at the start of this year, I was talking about like, I haven't played anything like 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 2022. I played barely anything. Right. Like I got so few Mm. hours. Um, I managed to actually sit down and play some video games, which was really nice. In fact, I played and completed a video game over two days.
1: Oh, my God. While I was Pauling. That's good. While I was Pauling. That's really good, because because so- sometimes I always find the opposite happens. Like, sometimes I think, you know, it'd be great if I could get a little illness and I could just lie down for a week and mm. just play, yeah. play a game. But usually, I'm too ill to, like, look at a screen or... I'm the same. So, I, I
0: am actually the same, but something in my brain went you got hankering for like relaxing game, right? So like Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, that kind of laid back, no pressure, That that's what you're after. Because um, I too don't usually, don't often play games when I'm ill. Do you folks, do do, do you have like a, a thing that you do when you're ill that gives you comfort that's like a, a piece of media? Like, do you like read comics or you know, like the Beano? Or um, do you, I don't know, uh, do you, I don't know, like play role and rights or a certain
1: genre of film? Um, I tend to watch like The American Office. There you ML. go. Yeah, that's because it's just perfectly, Comfort. I can dip in and out, yeah. I can sleep, I can wake up yeah. and, I've, you know, yeah, I've seen it so many times. It's It's just more like. Chicken soup for the eyes, and it is
2: chicken soup for the eyes. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, I I don't have anything, which either means that oh. I don't get ill that often, or I am constantly ill.
1: <laughs> or when you're ill, you just sit there and recharge slowly and quiet, just like <laughs> perfectly still. There's not there's not like a thing I sit down
2: and elect to do. I have that when I'm ironing, but not when I'm ill right okay
0: Are
1: you iron yeah i iron
0: oh yeah you got to do who, ironing so who irons these days weddings funerals and interviews ironing
1: i think my greatest achievement in my marriage so far is convincing my wife that we don't need to iron our bed sheets
2: oh yeah no that's good i don't iron those i don't want to get into bed and it feels like i'm getting into an envelope
1: was she previously ironing bed sheets Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Really. Okay. She would She in curtains. If, if if if
0: she really. Well, all right. Let's take this conversation off air because that's there's a serious problem going on there. If 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 you're ironing bed sheets, that's too much. It's too much. Um. So I I I like to have things that are like comforting and wholesome and the chicken soup for the soul i would say i would argue would probably be the kind of chicken soup i would have uh, have to be vegan chicken soup yeah um but um yeah so uh i gravitate towards stuff that's slice of life so uh, i i watched my neighbors the yamadas um, which is a Ghibli movie. Uh, one of my f- probably yes. probably my most watched movie. Like probably my favorite movie. Really, really. Oh, I need to watch that then. Top top three. Certainly one of the two or three that I would
1: say is one of my favorite. I kind of sort of um, um, felt a bit pushed back by that movie. Like I really start. I really like enjoyed it, mm. but I think like its fragmented nature mm-hmm. didn't really grab me. Oh, in it. the end of the day, I wonder whether that is the thing that probably appealed to you most in terms of. It, as somebody who doesn't
0: like movies, it's 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 great because yeah. I can just pause it and go, "Ah, oh, that's enough." Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, but that slice of life, wholesome thing, that really appeals to me. And uh, I've had a game on my sort of wanted list, and my been looking at it and seeing it and, and keeping sort of an eye on it for a while. Not, not even a wish list? No, just a like... No, a wanted. A, a, basically, a wish list is like, is like mm, I might. I'll put it on there to consider it, but a wanted list is I'm going to buy this at some point, like d- without a doubt. Okay. And that is <clears throat> Shinchan, Me and the Professor on Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven Day Journey uh, by Millennium Kitchen and Neos, which I will now... From here on out, just call Shinchan. Uh, uh, though okay. confusingly, there is a TV series of which on which it's based on a manga called Shin-Chan. and this is basically a video game. It's an IP-based game based on Shinchan or Crayon Shinchan. And if you're of a certain age, about our age, uh, if your back aches when you get up in the morning, uh, about uh, you'll probably be the right age for this. Um, where they put this on, I think it was Toonami back in the day, and it's it's basically a, yeah. a naughty a naughty, I think he's like eight years old or something like that, um, naughty boy in Japan, and it kind of follows him around. And the humour is... A lot of it is based on a character that shouldn't be saying the things that he is saying. Probably a bit reductionist to say, but it's a little bit Bart Simpson-esque yeah. in a way. Yeah, I would say it's slightly more extreme than Bart Simpson, but it is that reaction of like... It, 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 yeah. With the moral majority, or minority, or whatever it is nowadays, um, it would have that effect of like, oh, I can't believe that they said that, whereas other people would just find it really funny. So um, anyway, so it's based on that. But it's also, and this is this is the kicker, right? And, and I'm glad Dan's not here, because he, his eyes would leave his skull they, uh, from rolling out. Um, it is based on a Japan-only PS2, and PSP series of slice of life life simulator games that never came
1: out in England. Is So, is this stuff like uh, Boku and uh, Natsuyasumi? Sam,
0: ding ding ding. I wish we did have special effects uh, because it's actually a spiritual successor to Boku no Yami.
2: Wow, Sam, that's really clever. Thanks.
0: So um, the company that made, and I'm going I'm, to, I, I, Boku no Natsu Yasumi, uh, My Summer Vacation. I think we've pronounced it three different ways, three different times, but yeah.
2: We're covered then, aren't we?
0: Yeah, it's called My Summer Vacation. It translates as My Summer Vacation.
2: So so Pete, can you tell me, so as an ignoramus here, I kind of get an impression of what it is just by the title, but can you explain to me what a Slice of Life game is?
0: So Slice of Life uh, is kind of a... it comes from manga and anime, and the idea is that it is... it's about the humour that comes from everyday life is... is generally tends to be slice of life. There are... there's... That, that that's not quite exact, but that that generally is what I like about it. And and there are other ones. Some... there's, there's ones that kind of blend more like romance. There's ones that blend more like Sinon, which is a bit more like action-y, boys' action-y stuff. But generally slice of life is that like the humor that comes from everyday life examples um so my summer vacation was a series that they i really wanted to play for a really long time it was made by a company called millennium kitchen and i actually did import a copy for my ps2 um to try and get it running on an emulator to see if i could play any of it and no it's like really you really need to understand the text. So I was really gutted because there was like three games that I thought, oh, this would be perfect for me. And they just never came out in the West. And I was really, really upset about that. Um, well, it turns out that Millennium Kitchen um are back and they basically got access to the IP for Shinchan and they were like, well let's do a spiritual successor to my summer vacation.
1: Oh. But let's
0: use the Shinchan IP to make it a wider um thing. Let's translate it into uh, different languages, including English, and let's have it published by a company called Neos, who I'd not really heard of before, um, but they seem to be quite a big deal. They're they're one of these companies that I think has a lot of different stakes and a lot of different... Pies?
1: Steaks in a lot of oh, different pies. I'm, I mean- I'm still
0: recovering, Sam, from this COVID. Uh, my brain is still a fuzz. A lot of different fingers in a lot of different
1: pies. How's that feel? Is that, is that better? That's better, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's. I mean, steaks in different pies sounds better, but you're right. the, the idiom is you're fingers right. in pies. So, Shin-Chan,
0: me, me and the professor on summer vacation, all right, summer vacation, uh, the endless seven-day journey. Um, the idea here is that... Um, If you imagine that you – imagine the summer holidays that you might have had as a child if you went to your Mm -hmm. own – if you vacationed in your own country like I did back in the day, right? You would go to places for a week, let's say. You would maybe stay in like a house rather than a hotel, you know, that kind of thing. You might help your parents um, prepare – Special meals, or go for long walks, or you would uh, hang out with kids for just that week. You'd, you'd meet them on the first day. You'd become best friends for like six days, and then you'd leave, and you promised to, come, you know, talk with each other for the rest of your life. And you never spoke to them ever again. Um, it's 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 trying to capture that feeling, um, but of a nostalgic countryside Japan that. Uh, is often quite a lot of fodder for Ghibli movies, so if you've seen something like only yesterday or um my neighbor totoro, yeah, for example, I think Totoro is probably a better example um it's that countryside thing where you go out there and it's there's ch- ch- chicadas chicadas, grasshoppers, those things. That that buzz that constant yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that you cicadas all... I is it cicadas it oh, yeah,
1: that thing we've pronounced it three different ways three different times so one of them's going to be right so we're covered um it's that soundtrack
0: throughout it's that um and you're the the whole point of the gameplay is that it's just really open form like if you want to go and catch bugs go catch bugs if you want to catch fish catch fish. Um, there is a story which involves this professor character, and the seven day, the endless seven day journey is a nod to the idea that it has, which is basically you only play one week, and over that week you have the summer vacation, but it's endless, and for various reasons that you find out during, during the game, um, it repeats itself. It begins to repeat itself, but it, but the actual, you know the actual core gameplay is just so chill there's no pressure there's no you know yeah there's like a a, there's only so many actions you can take every single day right like on on, uh you you run between different screens you know different areas of the game and an energy meter drops down a little bit and says okay well you've done a little bit here and then a timer goes on like it goes from like during the day to the you know early evening into night and all that sort of stuff and different things happen in different places so like Shenmue for example a bit like Shenmue people will be in certain areas at certain times or certain days and so you have to go to those locations and 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 um and kind of uh, do that stuff so there's a nightclub and it only <laughs> weirdly there's a nightclub and it only opens in the evening properly people are only really there then um and people want takeout food only at a certain time. So if you want to complete a weird little set of challenges, like, oh, take these this number of delivery orders. You can only do that in a certain time in a certain way. And so you get to understand the feel. And this is the thing I think you would like about this, Chris. The layout and the feel of what, feel of what it is to be in the space of this small countryside village. Like, it, you really get a sense of space there of, of of place and geography which I find really fascinating like the first hour that you play it you're like really lost and you're really like trying to find your way around this little village and and like where is everything and how do I and by the end of the game like you know the area like at the back of your hand because you know if you think to yourself oh well I want to go and play the trading card game that's in the thing I know I need to get from here to here and the quickest way is to cut through the field it's things like that where mm. That isn't expressly ever said, but that's just you figure it out because because you're trying to be as efficient as you possibly
2: can. So, so describe to me what I'm looking at on the screen here. Is this like a top down sort of thing? So,
0: so it's a it's it's third person. You and you are playing as Shinchan, uh, so a, a little boy, um, and um, the the uh, the visuals really are reminiscent of the summer Va- uh, my summer vacation series in that they're. They're they're kind of like something like an Animal Crossing or Nintendo Mi's, like that level of visual detail, but but not quite in that same style. Um, There are fixed cameras, but in a 3D space. So it kind of feels a little bit like Resident Evil in that like there's a Mm. camera that's, you know, you go from area to area. The space is 3D, but a lot of it has 2D elements. I think a lot of it is pre-rendered in, in, in some areas. And it, and it gives it a really, again, a really nostalgic feel to the whole thing. But yeah, like it is, it's wonderful. And it was exactly what I needed at exactly the right time. It's so chill and peaceful and unthreatening and funny, like really funny in places. The writing of it is, the writing of it is clearly very well put together. The situational humor is very, very good, very well written. Some of the translations leave a little bit to be desired. Like you get the feeling that they did the, the localization and they went, ah, that'll do. How many, how many English-speaking people are going to play this? But it's, it's nice in a sort of like, again, a kind of like Dandy beano esque humor of like it's a bit childish, but it's, 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 it raises a smile, uh, and, and that's really all it needs to do because it, it is just it's that same meditative quality that something like stardew has whereby you think oh i'll just finish this up and i'll just i'll just i'll just collect this one bug over here and i'll pop down to the lake to make sure i can get that and then i'll head back and then i'll then i'll i'll finish for the day and i'll save and i'll i'll turn the game off and then you do that another time and another time and another time. And you just keep going because you just love playing it. It's just so lovely. And then after about 14 or 15 hours, you open up, you finish the game, you get a new game plus and you think to yourself, I might, I might play this again. I might, I might just play this again because it's so lovely.
1: We got Go on. a question. Oh, yeah. And it's a question in a very timely manner. Okay. Because... This is the this is the last show. Mm. You're here mm. before we go off to Aircon. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, something that I'm very excited about. I was around Chris's the other day, and I was going right. We've got to take that to Aircon. We've got to take that to Aircon. Yeah, we're going to take that game to Aircon. Why well, are you yeah, taking
0: anything to get Aircon? Surely you go there buy. Or it's an excuse to buy lots of stuff, and then yeah.
1: or or borrow lots of stuff. Or borrow or lots, lots of stuff because I've got tons of games that. <laughs> We need to review and look at and play, and I want to right. subject you all to it. That's why. I actually had a nightmare the other day <laughs> that okay. I went to Aircon, and I was there on my own because I got there early before all of you guys, which is something I'm intending to do anyway, and I forgot to bring all the games for the bring and buy, and I forgot to bring any games with me. And the level of anxiety and fear that, that caused was alarming.
2: I I think what's alarming is that that is—I mean—that's you know—it's a bad dream, a nightmare.
1: I felt like a nightmare, Chris.
2: A
0: nightmare. A side note to all of this: I have bought a—I've bought a game carrying bag. uh, Yes. For this exact for this event. Yes. And I will be bringing. I've got to do
2: this as well because I haven't got one of those. And it was really useful. Sam's got one, and he brought it last year. It was so useful. I've got a bunch of old
0: board games, and I am just going to get rid of them. Like Or we'll just hide them
2: around the convention center. I'm
0: just yeah, I'm gonna squirrel them <laughs> away. <laughs> and I'm gonna go up to I'm gonna go up to tables and I'm gonna whisper in one of their ears, I'm gonna go, Do you want a copy of Scum and Villainy? Do you want a copy of it? I can give you a copy of Scum and Villainy. And then they'll go, Who are you? And I'll say, I'm I'm the board game center. And I'm here to give you a copy of Scum and Villainy. From a massive bag. Uh,
1: but, but I am preparing for Aircon in my own way. In my own way. Mm-hmm. In my own yeah. way. I'm doing, doing my own thing, getting prepared, thinking about what I want to, what I might want to buy. But Damien Faulkner got in touch with us on Twitter, at in StayingInPod, oh. uh, asking for tips for their first board game convention. So um, they're going with their wife and kids. Where are they going, Sam? They're going to Aircon.
0: They're going oh to Aircon.
2: Uh, Air-
1: oh, excellent stuff. We'll have to, we'll have
2: to high-five we'll have to, them. we'll have to say hello.
1: Yeah. If they want to, obviously. No, if they want to, yeah. yeah. In terms of tips for visiting conventions, I feel like you've probably nailed on the first tip that I would encourage everyone, anyone to go to. If it's your first one, then I think you can pretty much, you could do no wrong by going to Aircon. Yeah. Because it's the friendliest nicest convention that i've been to and i think the one thing it's got over the conventions that i've been to in this country so far is that it's in the middle of harrogate and especially if you've got kids or if you've got family and they don't necessarily have the same levels of energy into board games that you do Mm -hmm. then you're on the doorstep of one of the loveliest little towns um in um in the north so it's kind of really easy to go right let's take a break from all these board games now let's go to the timothy taylor pub let's go <laughs> let's go to the local tap house yeah which is especially good for young families going to the timothy yeah. taylor pub yeah yeah or betty's tea rooms betty's there you go yeah but on
2: that subject what we learned when we first went to aircon was book somewhere if you want to eat book somewhere yeah. So each of us have booked somewhere for breakfast and dinners and things. So we know because yeah. Sam and yeah. I did about three laps of Harrogate one evening when we were there because everywhere was pretty full. Because there's some really lovely eateries and stuff there. But um, obviously it's a big convention. And everyone just pours into Harrogate. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky to kind of find a table for the two of us. On the
0: subject of eating, here's a little tip. Make sure you've got some snacks. For, th- throughout snacks, the day. Yeah. Snacks and water conventions you will always i always end up with very chapped lips and sometimes i get a little yeah. bit hangry uh if i haven't got any food or uh, or, or water or anything like that like really 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 because you'll be on your feet all day uh, or and if you're not on your feet you're using your brain because you're playing a board game um so definitely worth yeah. taking a couple of snacks bottle of water because you do not want to buy anything from the convention because it will be either way too overpriced uh, or rubbish, or both.
1: Oh, hang on, the food the food at Aircon's really good.
2: The food was, I was about to say, the food was incredible. I've not been to
0: Aircon, but every other convention I've ever been to, that has been the case. So we're talking more generally now about conference... I'm talking yeah, more generally yeah. about... Okay, generally. Generally. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, they're, but they're going to Aircon for their first, okay, well, and fine. with Aircon just around the corner. So when this episode comes out, Aircon's 10 days away, mm-hmm. so there, there may still be tickets left to go there um, either for the day or the weekend and I very much encourage you to do so but in t- talking like general advice then I think when you first get there it's can be very overwhelming yeah. there's lots and lots of things going on, there's lots of things kind of screaming for your attention, there'll be lots of people running around knowing exactly what they're what they're going in there and, and what they're doing, so my main bit of advice is just to take a walk around first. Yeah. Take, take a walk around. Like it's really easy to go there and just like look at all the shops and think about buying stuff and not, oh, I don't really want to miss out on that. I don't oh, I really want to go and just take a walk around, get your bearings, you know, and have a look and see what sort of catches your eye mm-hmm. in terms of games that people are demonstrating and what generally people are, are playing out out about which is why again aircon so lovely because how the convention hall is set up is you have these like pockets of people demonstrating things and then pockets of people selling stuff and in between that you've got areas that people are playing games within so to get from one to the other like to get from where the bring and buy was last year into the main hall, you walk through tables of people just sitting there playing games. And that's like, love, and that's really lovely. Yeah. Whereas in some convention centers, they're very split yeah. off and they're very, like they're very much their own separate things.
2: Yeah. It's like a department store. But yeah. I think, but yeah, as you say, Sam, like the best moments we had at Aircon were the ones where it was spontaneous. We are walking past, oh, that game looks good. Yeah. Oh, we'll have a demo. Actually, let's, let's sit and have a play. Because you can game it, you know, you can, before you go, look at the, you know, the bring and buy sale catalogue online and be strategic. But personally, like, particularly for your first visits, having that, that that kind of, that idea of kind of botanizing around the kind of games tables is really quite lovely, really, that kind of degree yeah. of spontaneity is king.
1: I think it sounds a bit cliche to say, but a day is a long time. And I think sometimes when I've been at convention centres and conventions, I want to do the thing, you know, I, I want to do the things, like, straight away. I, like, I want to, like, I, you know, I won't do that because I, I've, there's something else I've got to see that's more important. And, you know, I, I won't sit down and play that game because there's something else I've got to do. And then half an hour later, I'm just wandering around with nothing, you know, realizing I've not done anything for half an hour. Yeah. And I feel like a, a day is a long period of time. And if someone's coming over and says, come and play this, come and, come and join us, come, come and try this out, you have got time to play it. And unless you've got actually got something booked, like for example, this year, me and Pete for the first time, we're going to be stuck in a room, not doing any of that business for four hours with people that we don't know playing an RPG. And part of me, when Pete floated this idea, part of me inside was like, "Ah, oh, but what if I miss out on all the, you know, what if I miss out on all the games and all that? I'm there for three days, yeah. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like giving up four hours to spend some time with you know one of my best friends and and yeah, and me." play an RPG, is (laughs) is actually, you know, a lovely experience. You've got, you've got time. Yeah. Yeah, You've got time. There's time. Even if it was a day, it's going to be
2: a great experience. And, and you'll just come back next year. Like I think the analysis paralysis extends into the actual idea of a convention where you'll just spend so long thinking, well, Mm -hmm. I'll come back later. I'll come back later. I'll come back later to this. That actually you're just not going to actually do anything. You are going to miss out on stuff. You are.
1: Yeah. But I feel like if, you want a bit of a leg up then um again speaking aircon specifically here and i'm only doing this because it is you know quite close around the corner but um um go and see Hachette um because they're lovely lovely people and they've got games for all mm. types so they've got games for families games for um uh, for light sort of strategy play and then they've got more abstracty mm. Um, games as well so they've got games to suit every sort of need and they're really really nice and inviting and i'm happy for you to join them cosmos are there this year as well and cosmos are absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. and they've got tons of games which suits um lots of different play styles and families and they're really good at
0: demonstrating their games as well cosmos i remember we were there at EKG yes. and they were really good at like having a good amount of space and good amount of people who are actually showing stuff off yeah. and yeah that was good
1: um, any other any other convention tips other than you know actually on the floor, but general you know misc advice? You think
2: I'd say divide and conquer. Like don't be afraid to split the group up. We've done that, and I think that that literally happened, Sam, organically when you and I first arrived. We bumped into a friend of ours, Adamski. Right, yeah. You went off to the bring and buy sale. I went off and played fort with two people I'd never met before, Perfect. and I wasn't thinking, oh my word, I need to get back to Sam. So like... And it's quite yeah. nice because I hang out and touch base with you later. You're like, oh yeah, well, I did this, this, and this, and this. Oh, where's that? Oh, you need to go up here, 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 and do that. Mm. Yeah. Because a day is a long time with each other. A
1: day is a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, I'd say use your, I think the lap, do a lap before you before you pick on yep. anything, like we, like we were saying. But also um, pick your battles. Like, if you really really want to play some big 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 dense four hour long strategy game like the brand new one that's coming out and you really want to play it like pick your battles if you really want to do that go for it uh if you're not 100 percent sure if you're like eh, ask how long an average demo game takes like because if they're like, oh, it's going to take 10, 15 minutes, so you can be like, oh, that's brilliant. But if you suddenly get trapped for two hours playing a game and you're just like, eh, I'm not really into this, I would say just use a little bit of caution on that. It's the same thing when you go to like a video game convention. Like if you really want to go and sit down and play a civilization game, at a video game convention, that's great. But you're going to be there for hours doing that. Like you're, you're essentially saying no to a bunch of other stuff. And that's, again, that's fine. Just know that you're going into it. Also, on the tables, quite often, there will be things of, like, this is the number of players. This is the kind of thing that it is, the kind of genre that it is. This is roughly how long the games take. Those are really useful to, yeah. to see.
2: We need we need two players. We
0: need two players. Yeah, like all that sort of stuff. Sometimes at some conventions, I've seen, like, little balloons or little flags of, like...
2: Yeah, I think it's, like, flags at AirCon.
0: So get to know that system as well. And and as, as Sam touched upon, and Chris alluded to as well, like everybody the, the best the beautiful thing about being around strangers at that event is you immediately have something to talk about or right. you know yep. that every single person who is there is in some way interested in board games it might simply be that their partner is into into board games like and they're just you know along for the ride right like um but like it could be that they are like that is their jam, or like oh, they are there are are a designer who's, who's who's like you know scoping out the scene, or they've got a game there and they're trying something else out, like or maybe they're just a big fan of the thing, right? Like whatever it is, you immediately have the icebreaker, like they're into board games, like you, and so introduce yourself, say hi, well that sort of stuff. Be the personal personable person in those situations because honestly, like we're all slightly. You know, uh, uh, reserved, (laughs) slightly dorky folks, and like if you could be the person who goes, "Hey, yeah, do you want to do this thing?" Everybody wants to. Everybody's just a bit too
2: British and uptight to turn around and go,
0: "Oh, yeah, no, actually, I would quite like to do that."
2: And last thing I would say is don't forget those lovely indie publishers. Yes, Yes. there'll be people there who have got a game that's a prototype, and it may look extremely abstract in its current state. You know, bits and pieces made out of cardboard and sugar paper but they tend to be some of the most passionate people. Yeah. And I, I would really highly recommend not just kind of like, because it doesn't look like mm. a kind of a triple A title that's, you know, you've seen everywhere. It, you're you're seeing a game, in it's infancy hair. Mm. Like g- take a punt on it. It's a, it's, a lo- it's a lovely thing to say you've experienced.
0: Otherwise, when are you going to, when are you otherwise going to get the chance to play this tiny little thing that's only ever going to sell 150 copies on Kickstarter? Like do it. <laughs>
1: The third thing that was on the docket for this podcast recording, I believe, was a game either by Prospero Hall or by Helvetique. And um, mm. I'm going to tick that off our list now. Go on. By talking about a brand new game Yes. that we got sent. Okay. From Coiled Spring All right. called Marder. Ooh. Have any of you heard or seen Marder? No. No. Well, it's from Helvetique, who... Um, make some of the amazing games amazing incredible games Compromat Bandido yep. Art Robbery Kariba okay. yeah. Anymore for Anymore what's that mushroom one that I got you Chris?
2: Uh, Kinoko yeah they're really good they're great stocking filler games I find with Helvetic and that's not to render them a disservice it's one of those great um, TARDIS like games where it just you open the lid it almost feels like it's exploding out the box
1: yeah K three, just wild. We spoke about on the last show, and um, Go Town. Um, Marda though is a really interesting game that centres. It's, it's one of their newest ones. I think it only came out last year, the end of last year, and it's got this exceptionally colourful design to it. It's almost like a um, a passion fruit design. This lovely deep yellow box with this purpley writing. And then this uh, playful little lemur on the on the cover. Again, it's a it's a it's a really tiny little box, and I think that's the thing I I love about the Helvetik games in in general is a, is the size of the box. And every time I see a game, I always tend to pick one up and give it to Chris or buy it for for someone I know because they're relatively cheap, around about the cost of like ten pounds, maybe fifteen pounds at the max, but. As Chris was saying they kind of like explode out the box in terms of of what they offer and usually they're only like a deck of cards and Marder is just a deck of cards and the setup is shuffle all the cards deal three to each player so getting it out of the box and getting it in front of people is incredibly simple designed by Sophia Wagner and again the art style by um um Clara San Milan is is incredible the aim of the game is mm. to have the most prickly pairs by the end of the game. So each card mm. either has a scorpion on it, one or two lemurs, or some prickly pears. And if the card has a prickly pear on it, it'll also have a number on it. And the lower the number, the less prickly pears are on that card. Are you following me so oh, far? Yeah. So a number one card has one prickly pair. But a 13 card, which is the highest card in the deck, I think has six prickly pears on it. And on your go you do one of three things. So you can play a card from your hand in front of you. And you can only play cards in front of you if they're equal to or higher than the previous number that you've already played. The second thing you can do if you want to is draw a card. So you can only draw a card if you've got less than three cards in your hand. And you can only draw a card as an action on your turn, and you can't do anything else. Hmm. And the third thing that you can do on your turn is you can decide to go wild, take a risk, I think it's called, and you have to shout out, I'm taking a risk. Do you have to shout it out? All eyes come in. It says in the rule book, you've got to shout it out, and I'm stickler for rules. Well. And you turn over the top card from the deck. Yeah. And then put it down onto your pile and again it has to follow the same rules so it has to match or be higher than the previous card that you played. If it isn't mm-hmm. then you lose. No. All your cards get discarded and everyone else takes a top card off their pile and squirrels it away for later and that's the card that they score from. Interesting. And then the game basically begins again. So I've played it a few times now a couple of different player accounts and it is exceedingly fun and i i spent most of the f- couple of times playing it trying to work out like exactly where that fun was coming from and also exactly what i was trying to do on each turn and it was only when i started playing it just me and my wife as a two player game that it really started like i really started to understand how this game was coming together and actually why it is that makes it so appealing mm and the essence of the game is basically trying to it's it's trying to stay in the game for as long as possible do you know what i mean so it's it's if you've always got a card to play from your hand mm. or you always have the opportunity to pick a card up from the deck that's that equals time that you're spending active in the game the minute you start basically blocking off opportunities and hampering yourself to progress in the game that's when you're going to be starting to to lose so the minute you put down you're putting down things like 10s 11s 12s you're stopping yourself from basically trying to progress in the game you're you're indicating to the rest of the table i'm sort of you know a a target in front of pete's axe here like sure you're the nipple i'm getting to the end of where i compete in the game so pretty soon i'm going to have to take that risk so then you see that and you go, right, if 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 they're starting to get to the end of how they if they're starting to get to the end of like the their lifespan of this round, I'm gonna have to start putting down cards that are worth more prickly pairs because I don't wanna, you know I've just been bobbing around at the threes and the fours and keeping myself in the game and like, oh yeah, just like really clever hand management just to get myself, keep myself around about the bottom. So I've got lots of room, lots of headroom to expand my game out into. But suddenly it looks like the game's about to end and I've only got one prickly pear, right? I need to start putting down more. So I get, so when the game ends, I get myself a bigger reward at the end of it.
2: But I, I like those games. It's a bit like when we play Parade Sam, where you're like, okay, well, I just mm. do this. Yeah. Okay, i just do that. What? Oh, hang on, no. Oh, hang on, no, no. I can't just do that because if I do that... Oh, and I like those games where it takes a few rounds to kind of discover the hidden game within it. That's when it becomes really, really interesting. That's when you kind of get to like almost like six nymphs kind of areas where like, yeah, I can play a card, yes. I can draw a card. Mm. I, I know, understand how that works, but actually those nuances that go with that, actually, they may not necessarily become as obvious. Um, but yeah. but when you discover them, it's a, such a wonderful sensation. And then suddenly, it's like you've unlocked something within the game.
1: Mm. This is one of those perfect games for when me and Pete are absolutely burnt out playing the weird space RPG he signed us up for. Like, this is all I'm going to have energy to do, yeah. but I know I'm going to have a blast playing it. Weird... Weird space RPG,
0: <laughs> oh, just just a game with literally decades of of beloved fandom. Just weird, weird. Who's ever heard of Traveller?
2: Hey ho, it's Lockwood and Co. Everybody say hello. Uh, I'm I've not buried the lead. I've oh. watched all of this, all eight episodes of this on Netflix recently. What, what is it? it? It is a supernatural detective thriller on Netflix. And there are a few things that piqued my interest. One, it was that description of it, as I suppose, as a genre. <laughs> Second, yeah. it was because it's got Joe Cornish's name attached to this. Oh. Ah. Um, Joe Cornish of the Adam and Joe show, of um, Attack the Block, co-writer of what, Tintin and Ant-Man. Yeah, didn't he also do that? King
1: Arthur film as well. Yes,
2: he did. Um, Which didn't do that well, apparently, although I've not watched it, so I can be wrong. But there's something, what's great about some of Joe Cornish's work in particular Mm. is the way in which dialogue for young adults or children is not written in a manner that feels like it's been written by an adult putting words into the mouth of children and young adults, (sighs) if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And there's a wonderful pairing here with this IP, which is Lockwood & Co., which is a series of books like young adult books from Jonathan Stroud, which I've not read, I must admit. And this is set in an alternate London where an event occurred like decades ago called The Problem. And the result of that is that there are ghosts everywhere. And if any of the ghosts touch you, that's it, you dead. And then you become a ghost. However, the trade-off with that is that there are certain people out there who develop a sensitivity to ghosts. They can detect them, they can sense them, and they can fight back against them using materials that apparently work really well against ghosts. So iron, uh, silver, uh, for example, these precious metals. But here's the interesting wrinkle, that the the only people that can sense ghosts are children and certain Mm. children. Okay, I can believe that. So the the agents so the agencies are created to take down these ghosts but they are their agents are made up of kids. Um, when you get to a certain age like your 20s you start to lose that ability to be sensitive. Right. So right. what you've got is like government organizations that are the managerial team is adults but they're basically sending kids into haunted houses to dispatch these ghosts. Okay. And it's really interesting like the the di- that dynamic that generational dynamic is really really interesting. And Lockwood and co follows this teenager, Lucy Carlyle, who's kind of left home. She's come from a family that are just kind of really kind of toxic and quite hostile. And there's an awful event happens when she's doing her her training up north. She's a a sensitive who can hear the specters, hear ghosts. So she's very sensitive to that, very powerful. And she travels down to London and basically finds a job with this agency which is made up of in total three people including her called lockwood and co which um is headed up by anthony lockwood who's this quite roguish uh, chap who is is has kind of got a lot of bravado but there is this kind of vulnerability to them and assisted also by george who is their kind of bookworm their researcher and there's something really quite cool and steampunky about it like all agents walk around with swords like rapiers um like they're fencing <laughs> and it's quite cool like each week oh there's a there's a haunted case there's a haunted house here and th- it's, a, it's a mystery you go and you're thinking okay we need to find the source and work out what happened with this ghost and dispatch them but it, but it's just basically it's like a load of adults just standing outside haunted buildings and just going can you go in and sort that for us please? <laughs> pushing the kids inside It's like Victorian Britain. It is, basically. Can you go and clean that chimney? And because all these agencies, because this agency's off the book, it's in debt and it needs to find work when it can, really. But there's this overarching mystery that I really quite like, I'm interested in, about why the problem occurred. And there's this kind of sense of a kind of a cover-up. And it is, you know, we've seen this kind of tons and tons of times before. But I really like this quite dynamic. It's it's energetic it's bingeable definitely bingeable and um i'd happily see more of it genuinely yeah it's 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 got it, there's something quite the the soundtrack's quite punky cornish really wanted to make it feel quite punky in terms of its its soundtrack um but it has that kind of that 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 really interesting kind of quite refreshing kind of dialogue for young adults um that i find mm. really really interesting and it's a world that I became quite invested in over its uh, eight episodes, really. So, yeah, I do recommend giving it a shot. Mm.
0: So, as a series of. You, you said it was f- for young adults or, or older children, the books?
2: Yeah. So, there is like a. there are kind of. A, they're a collection of stories. This first series is based on the first two in the series. So, there's five books in total.
0: So, are they. Is the TV series. I don't know appropriate it's not really the the right the right word but like is the tv ser- who, who who is the tv series aimed at is it is it aimed at that same audience of like young adults which i've got to be honest i whenever there's a deal on audible that says come and look at young adult fiction i'm like nah, i'm all right like but like is it actually is it for adults the tv series or is it for like basically old kids
2: i would say my mum couldn't watch it that's for sure um but she <laughs> my mum gets spooked very easily. Oh, right. But like, um, <laughs> okay. I think, like, it's for adults. I think young adults can watch it, but it's like, I think it is like the the, the very, very really creepiest episodes of Doctor Here where you're thinking, oh, mm, I'm not sure this is appropriate. Oh, okay. that's cool. So it, it, it's, it's for, it, yeah, I think as a young adult, I'd hoover it up. Right. Um, It might give me, it might give me, I don't know, maybe some... Bad dreams, Allah. Sam's yeah. about aircon. Yeah, but happens to us all. But but I think yeah, you can watch it as an adult. I'm not watching it in a kind of nostalgic sense of like, oh, I remember watching these. I remember watching Goosebumps when I was a kid. Um, no this is this, this. feels grown up and that's what's quite interesting it's a grown up series but <laughs> it's led by kids um, you know young adults and the performances are great I think Ruby Stokes is fantastic as Lucy Carlyle same as Cameron Chapman as Anthony Lockwood and al Haji Hashmati as George is just so endearing and you think it's going to go down that there's kind of stereotypical kind of directions you're assuming there's going to be some kind of love triangle um, you're assuming that the geeky bookworm is the one that's just going to be the one that just stays behind in the, in the base and is the mm. one that's feeding out all the information. Yeah. You assume the the dashing hero is going to be the one that saves the day all the time and it just isn't that.
0: The way that you a lot of the components of what you've discussed here sound a little bit like stranger things like
2: I prefer this to stranger things. You
0: prefer it to stranger things.
2: Yeah, because that the kids are older and I don't know. The stakes feel a little bit higher. It it doesn't outstay its welcome. Like as Dan said before, the finale to the last series of Stranger Things, the last episode was two hours long. This is like thirty-seven to like forty minutes or so because it's Netflix. You can you can specify the time you want really, and it's eight episodes. Boom, 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 boom. Done, and yeah, and it gave me everything I needed. It didn't. Yes, there is a sense of there's a more of a story to tell, but equally also I didn't feel like it was meeting stuff out to agonise me. I quite liked that sense of a mystery a week, and but by in that same token, immersing yourself in a world that is coming to terms with this, where you've got people like they call them relic men, who who deal in like um, supernatural artifacts that have spirits connected to them, so they just deal in the black market there. So this kind of hold these kind of subcultures you become exposed to through these characters as they're solving mysteries, um, really, and and how they're, you know, coming up against the larger institutions and this potential of a kind of a mystery that's attached to where the problem came from. But it it goes at quite a nice pace and the dialogue's quite snappy, quite funny in places, quite wry in terms of its humour. And it it landed with me quite a nice way, actually.
1: So... um what are we going to talk about next time? Uh, should we get that boxed off now? Coming up in Staying In. <laughs> Coming up next time yeah. on Staying
0: In. Next time, what are we going to talk about?
2: Dan's birthday, I imagine, how, he, how his birthday was.
0: Any more nightmares that I've had? Um. Well, there will be some nightmares because I'll be talking about Call of Cthulhu again.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a month already, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it has, yeah. So... Uh so uh,
1: <laughs> but I'll be Sam, doing that I, I feel like this this outro is meant to be you know it's it's kind of morphed evolved into yeah. you know wanting to keep people sticking around to the yeah. end but I feel like yeah we might be keeping people sticking around to the end but we're putting people off listening to the next <laughs> that's true that's true yeah what's the opposite of hooked <laughs> <That's seen good. laughs> Um so
0: um, I would say that Uh, You know, you can also look forward to me and Sam and how we got on. No, wait, no. The
1: next one, we won't have talked about that. The next one will be coming out after we've come back from Aircon, but we're recording it before we go to Aircon. So the one where we talk about what happened at Aircon will be the 1st of April. Okay. Does that make sense?
2: It makes perfect sense.
0: Time. What is it? We don't know. Um I will be talking about, if you want, we can talk about my rice cooker. Uh, we can talk about my air fryer. Oh, yes, please. We can talk about um, all the other utensils in my kitchen that have I've realized are the best. Uh, we haven't talked about long johns on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, enough. Not, uh, <laughs> not enough, anyway. Um, and I feel like, we, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to, at some point, talk about long johns at quite considerable length
1: and um, How they've basically transformed my life. Okay. So you can vote now for which one of Pete's things you want us to talk about on the show. Uh, you can get your votes yep. in um, at Staying in Pod on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. Remember, it's hashtag Lon John's, hashtag rice cooker, or hashtag air fryer for which one you really <laughs> want to hear about. I think it's going to be down to the wire. It will be, won't it? You can send us an email as well, stayinginpod at gmail.com. dot uh, Remember to include in the subject line, um, "I voted." I voted,
2: or who cares?
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, if you want to find out what we talked about early, you can come and meet us at Aircon, and we'll tell you yeah. what we talked about in the in the episode. I mean. Um, yeah, but or we could just have a normal conversation like normal people at AirCon, uh, which would be quite fun as well. So I, th- I imagine one of us will be wearing a staying in t-shirt.
1: Yeah, we'll rotate the shirts as usual, so we don't look completely um, awkward or wearing staying in t-shirts. We'll have photos from from the show floor. Yeah,
2: and, and if Damien, if you're about and you want to say hello, love yeah. to, love to, yes, Damien.
1: because we are always carrying stickers. They're staying in stickers. They're not just you know random stickers like from the Beano. <laughs> uh, but that we'll, we'll have stickers. So if you see us and you say hello, we'll give, we'll you, give a you a we'll give you a lovely sticker. There you go. You don't even have to stick around for the conversation. You can just
0: ask for a sticker. Can I have a sticker? Yes. Goodbye. Excellent.
1: If you're travelling to Aircon just to see us, then of course there's Spotify playlists that you can listen to on route. Yep. Uh, which Chris has put together, details which are in the show notes. And I think that's it. Oh no, curation pages on Steam. And Board Game Geek, again, if you go into Aircon and if you're looking for an idea of, oh, this is a massive library, what should I be playing? Then on Board Game Geek, you can see a list of every single board game that we've ever spoken about. And if we're speaking about it on the podcast, that means it's probably pretty good. Mm. Uh, the same with the ones on Steam. There's a, um, um, I don't know, if I think it finishes on the 27th. So not relevant for when you're listening to this, but there is a sale, a mystery sale on the moment on Steam, um, which has got some great mystery games in it, like Curse of the Obra Dinn, Curse oh. of the Golden Idol, Chinatown
0: Mysteries. So the best thing to do in that situation is if you are actually following the Steam Curator page on your front page on Steam, um, if there's a sale on, I believe Steam will surface recommendations from your Steam Curators that you follow. Yes. So if you ever think, oh, I'd, I'd be interested in that. But not at full price. Then you can follow us on Steam on the uh, Steam Curator thing, and then those recommendations will come up in your um, uh, in your recommendations
1: as well. Right, that's about it, I think. Did someone say all right then? All right then. Okay, there we go.